Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard, a huge, huge weekend for Mississippi State Athletics. We're going to get into all of that. 
we're going to look into a very busy week ahead. As a matter of fact, today is the only day that we don't have a major sporting event involving Mississippi State. Monday. Tuesday, we have men's basketball and baseball. Baseball will be at home hosting Jackson State. The uh, Mississippi State men will host Missouri. Wednesday, we've got Southeastern Louisiana playing some baseball. Thursday night, it is senior night for the MSU women as LSU comes to town. Then Friday, we're on the road. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Mississippi State baseball will be at the Frisco Classic. Also got a full weekend of Bulldog basketball. So uh, a lot to get into. So if you have a rooting interest in Mississippi State, and I suspect you do if you're listening to this show, you're going to have a lot of cheering to do this week. So take the day off, kind of enjoy today, kind of rest up a little bit, because we're going to need uh, need you in cowbell ring and shape the rest of the week. I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmart. You know, I saw, I saw. here's the thing I'll tell you about Campus Bookmart. So, uh, you know, and this is one of the reasons that I love having local sponsors. Is so, uh, you know, Brian Haydad and I are good friends, and uh, went to see another good friend uh, in the left field lofts on Sunday. And so as we're walking through the left field lounge, who do I see but Stan the man? So not only is Stan a local business icon, but Stan is a Bulldog fan through and through. And there he is in the left field lounge enjoying some Sunday baseball. So when you go spend your money with Campus Bookmart, you're not just supporting a local business. You're supporting local business people. So I wanted to make that distinction. So Campus Bookmart, if you can't go by and see Stan the man personally, you can probably catch him at Dirty Noble Field. Uh, but uh, when you're in town, go by and pick up some uh, maroon and white merchandising. And if you, it may be game day is too busy for you to go do shopping. So go to campusbookmart.net. They're going to have the latest in maroon and white fashions, everything to outfit your family for baseball season. It won't be cold forever. You're going you're gonna to need those new threads. Go to campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and get free shipping on all orders over $50. Anything less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So uh, let's get into it. So the biggest story to me, uh, right right out of the gate, is uh, you know huge baseball series. Mississippi State uh, now currently ranked number nine by Baseball America, number twelve by D1 Baseball. I kind of air to D1 Baseball for their rankings. And uh, Aaron Fett was here this weekend. I, I, I know Aaron. Those guys to me have some integrity. Mark Etheridge is with D1 Baseball. Kendall Rogers, of course. The, the names you know, and uh, one of the reasons that I think D1 Baseball has some, some integrity with their rankings, <clears throat> for the most part, is because they actually cover college baseball. They're on the road during the fall. They go out and see teams. They talk to players. They go to showcases and things like that. So in my mind, I believe their rankings have the most credibility. They have State 12. Uh, one of the things I kind of joke with Aaron Fit about over the weekend is I said, you know, I, I could probably write an article about every year about how overranked they, they have Ole Miss and underranked they have Mississippi State. Uh, but it all works out in the end. That's the thing about baseball. As long as you keep winning, the rankings will work themselves out. It's not really a matter of opinion. And in this time of year, it doesn't even matter. It's really not that important. It's something we all talk about. But Mississippi State has a huge top 20, top 25 series win now over Southern Miss. And um, tip of the cap to Southern Miss. I really thought Southern Miss pitched it pretty well. Uh, I did not think they played good defense. Seven errors on the weekend. Didn't hit it exceptionally well. <clears throat> Had a couple of innings here or there where, where things didn't go quite as the way we wanted them to. But the bottom line is State wins the series. That Friday evening game 
is probably one that will stick with us for a little while. And, and what I mean by that is I think we're going to look back one day and say, you know what, we really let that one slip away. And, and, and we did. We, we out-hit them. We just couldn't string anything together. But uh, to give Southern Miss credit, they made the plays necessary to win the ball game. Chris Lamonis, after the ball game Friday, so, you know, said they, they were, or he said it Saturday. It said Friday night they were they were pissed. He was mad. The team was mad. You could tell on Saturday out of the ball yard, the state just seemed to be a little more relaxed. And maybe Friday we came in a little bit too juiced up because that was that sweep against Southern Miss last year. And then I'll, I'll I'll share with you a couple things too that maybe you don't know talking to several people closely affiliated who were in attendance last year when Southern Miss swept us. Not not only was there a tremendous amount of trash talking from players. And listen, the, the thing that I, that I feel about that is if you don't want them to talk, then don't let them win. But that uh, there were several Southern Miss fans that kind of jeered our players pretty much all the way out to the bus when it was all said and done. And so this one, in many respects, was kind of personal. And so I think we came out Friday maybe with some of that emotion, that pent-up frustration, you know, the need to, to get even, probably had us a little impatient at the plate. We looked a lot better Saturday, a lot better on Saturday. And I thought for the most part on Sunday we looked pretty good too. There were times it seemed like we let our foot off the gas. We got up 3-1, and we had a couple opportunities there, third, fourth, and fifth, to put the game away, and we didn't do it. They kind of get back into it. We, Raleigh Self didn't, didn't have a good inning. And Raleigh will be fine. And that's one of the things that I think it's important. Raleigh Self has been one of State's most consistent pitchers since the day he got here. He's still kind of battling back for some offseason surgery. Velo's not back to where it, where it was. But and, but he'll be fine. He's, he's got to work through some things, but he'll be fine. Because we're going to need that guy to, to pitch big innings for us down the stretch. Uh, so... Don't lose confidence in Riley. He's going to be fine. We know what to expect from him when he's 100% healthy. Just not quite there yet. I mean, you could tell on the gun yesterday he, he did not have that biting action on the cut fastball that he normally has, arguably the best cut fastball in all of college baseball. But give him some time. It'll all work out. Uh, but, you know, by and large, Mississippi State yesterday, I thought, let Southern Miss hang around. And it kind of – when they tied the game up and it seemed like things kind of settled down for them in the pen, uh, J.C. Keys comes in – did a really good job, and he's kind of a Jekyll Hyde guy, but I, I thought he did a good job throwing his breaking ball for a strike, kind of kept State off balance. And then uh, you get Ock back in the game, who was kind of the hero on Friday, really shut State down late in the ball ballgame. Uh, big moment there, big, big moment. And uh, that, the, the huge at bat kind of kind of typified the weekend. You know, Jordan Westberg, it, he is a star in the making. He just has that quality. They talk about having the it quality. Westy has it. That at bat, two outs, ninth inning. He's just trying to extend the inning. He battles, 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 fouls some pitches off. The next thing you know, he fouls one off his foot. Takes him a long time, really, really an elongated recovery time there. And then uh, hits a ground ball to short. There's a throwing error. And because he hustled down the line, and if he had dogged it a little bit right there, you could almost understand. I don't know if you've ever fouled a fastball off your foot. But uh, it doesn't feel very good. That's one of the reasons most of us guess were that uh, that pad up front there. But he fouled that ball off his foot and then hustles down the line and a throwing error allows him to reach. And it's just one of those things, and Robbie Falk and I talked about it. The baseball gods were watching. You can't give away errors 
in the ninth inning. You can't allow people to reach base by your own ineptitude in the ninth inning. It's It doesn't matter the situation. It, it, I used to always tell my kids when I coached high school baseball, it always seems that in the ninth, the last inning, for us it was the seventh, but it always seems in the final inning, when you put a guy on, whether it be walking, whether it be grooving a pitch, missing a spot location-wise, or, or making an error, it, I think the odds of that guy scoring are like like 1,000%. It just, it's just one of those things. It's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies that in your mind, if you think, okay, if we can just play clean this inning, we win the ball game. And then you go out there and you put a guy on. And, and, I, and I don't know what I don't know what it is. It's almost like uh, you know playing the game of Candyland where you get to go up the big, uh, the big ladder there uh, if you hit the right spot, for those of you that have kids. That's just how it feels. And so when Jordan got on base, you're kind of like, oh, you got to make him pay here. You got to make him pay. And you didn't know what the situation was going to be. The next thing you know, they Ock tries to throw a fastball in her half. And I, if you guys, you can go find it on social media. That fastball to Tanner Allen was uh, about head high on the catcher. And so it's right there in his wheelhouse. He turns on that fastball and rips it up the right field line. I didn't know if Westberg would have it in him to score. I knew that he wanted to. But I thought, based on that situation, we might hold him up. But... Uh, but Coach Cheese waves him around. As soon as he rounds second, I asked Westy that in, in the postgame, what did you see as soon as you clear second? And he goes, you know, Cheeseboro's waving him in. At that point, you know, the ball's behind him. He has no idea that ball's kind of, you know, bouncing around a little bit back there in the corner. And uh, as soon as I, they waved him, I just thought to myself, there's no way they're going to get him. And, of course, the throw goes up the line. I think even if the throw is on target, they miss him because Westberg has really good speed. But it really says a lot about Westberg for that injury you know you kind of battle back from that and then you really only have a couple of pitches to recover and not only have you did you have to race down the line to, to beat out an error but then then you're racing from first to third and then having to gas it in the home and then there's the head first slide and it just I think really says a lot about this team not just for this weekend but this is really who they are this is their identity and the way things went last year, it's one of those things where they really lost their confidence early in the season. They were just kind of drifting out there. You can tell that this team has some leadership, and you can tell this team really believes in one another. Uh, now, Lamonis did shake things up a little bit on Saturday, dropped Rowdy Jordan down to eight, moved Dustin Skelton up to six, I guess, in the order. Uh, things were a little different yesterday. I mean, it's a, And that's why you play these non-conference games to kind of tinker a little bit. Uh, Gunnar Halter was given the day off yesterday. But uh, there's some guys that hit the baseball in the fall that are uh, not quite there yet now that we're in season. And, and one of the things that, I, that I'll share with you about that, you know, hitting the baseball in um, inter-squad scrimmages is a much different deal than uh, a Division One baseball game. I know they're spirited scrimmages, but it's just a different deal because the, the guys that you're scrimmaging against, a lot of times, no matter what they tell you, they're, they're not quite as juiced up. Okay, and what I mean by that is is that the competitive fire is not burning quite as bright in an inter-squad scrimmage. The guys that are pitching against you on weekends, once we get into baseball season, they're, they're absolutely trying to get you out. It's not about them just getting some work in. It's not about them just adding the pitch. You're trying to, uh, you know, to kind of refine uh, their grip for the breaking ball. That's, 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 not, that's not how it works. 
And so when you get out there in the season, you go play a Southern Miss, a team that that, that really wants to beat you badly. Uh, you're going to see some pitches that maybe you hadn't seen. You're going to see some spin that, that maybe you hadn't seen. Not to mention, it's a much different deal when you're doing it in front of ten thousand people than when you're doing it, you know, with you know the, the players, friends, and families, uh, and and Gene and Mike Nemeth hanging out. It's a different deal. And so there's, a, there's an acclimation period. And so those guys are going to be fine. You know, um, Landon Jordan was state's leading hitter in the fall. And, uh, you know, he's hitting right around the Mendoza line right now. But, but that kid's going to be fine. Nope, nobody, nobody takes Division One baseball by storm as freshmen. It rarely ever happens. But speaking of freshmen, how about JT Ginn? Really excited to see him match up with Texas Tech this weekend. When you see what Ethan Small did on Friday, and, and as good as he was in the season opener with 11 Ks, he comes back, he beats it, has a career-high 13 Ks, and then we lose the ball game. But he was as good as he has ever been Friday night and deserved better than a no decision. But you realize you've got a bona fide Friday night guy. You've got a guy out there that's probably going to make a ton of money come the summer. We've always had that one guy, but now you see JT again kind of emerging. Uh, kid, I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, seven innings pitched, uh, nine Ks, walked just the one, didn't give up much. That kid's a competitor. And so you begin to kind of solidify things and say, okay, we know we're going to get out of Ethan Small. We like what we're getting uh, out of JT again. And uh, Keegan James didn't have his best stuff on Sunday. Thought he competed really well and, and, and pitched in and out of some trouble. Uh, but the bottom line was he pitched well enough for us to get a win. Unfortunately, we couldn't hold the lead, and uh, that's really the only really the only bad inning we've had uh, out of the bullpen through seven games. And so that's going to happen sometimes. But the good thing is, is State doesn't have to sit there and just let a guy try to figure it out. If you see a guy doesn't have it, you can go ahead and make a move. You go ahead and make the move, and and you go on to win the ball game. And you get in the bullpen, you get back in the lab, and you work some things out. And uh, that's kind of what happened yesterday. But uh, hitting hitting is always a little bit, you know, behind pitching this time of year. Uh, but we'll get some things going. This, week, this week's going to be big. As I mentioned, State will be – it's a 4, four o'clock first pitch on Tuesday night against Jackson State. Wednesday will be a 5.30 deal. It'll be 5.30 against Southeastern Louisiana. And, and listen, that's going to be a quality midweek team. And, uh, you know, Jackson State's not going to show up here and lay down for us. But, uh, you know, they're not going to – you know, it, it – there's, there's going to be a disparity in the talent level. But uh, Southeastern Louisiana, if you recall, you know they, they've beaten us before. You know, So they're going to be up to play that ball game because a lot of those guys are, are guys that got recruited by Tulane and, and got recruited by LSU that, that maybe didn't get the big offer. Uh, so they're, they're going to be a very talented team. So that will be a quality midweek win. Then we go play Sam Houston State uh, Friday late afternoon. Uh, I will be there. That's the plan as of today. I'm uh, finalizing my arrangements now. We'll make the trip to uh, to Frisco, Texas. So that with that in mind, I may record a Boneyard Thursday night to post for Friday. But I will be on the road very, very early, early Friday. I'll be up before the chickens on Friday on the way to Frisco, Texas. And then on Saturday, we have Texas Tech and then Nebraska on Sunday. And so um, Texas Tech is a top ten team. So that'll be a big matchup, and that'll be JT Ginn versus Texas Tech. That'll that'll be big. Texas Tech's pitching has kind of been up and down, but their team that really likes to swing the bat. 
So that'll be big. It's a great ballpark. Hope to see you guys out there. So a big week ahead for Mississippi State baseball. And I really believe with a big week this week, State could be a consensus top 10 team next week. It's starting to get real. Okay, you know, you think, oh, man, we're only a couple weekends into the season. Uh, SEC play is going to be here, you know, before you know it. And uh, I think that's a big part of things is kind of figuring things out before you get there. I want to remind you guys, too, when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place to go break bread. That is the place where the cool kids go to eat. And if you're listening to this show, chances are you qualify as one of the cool kids. I absolutely love going there. My family loves going. It is the Robertson Family Restaurant of Choice. Whenever we ask the kids, hey, listen, we're going to go out to eat. Where do you want to go? Immediately, Bulldog Burger comes up. And all throughout the week, sometimes I get messages from my, from my teen daughter saying, hey, who's trying to go to Bulldog Burger? Want to go to Bulldog Burger. So it's a place where mom and dad can go. And uh, if you just want to treat yourself to restaurant-quality hamburger, which is one of the finest things you can do in life, you can do that. You can get the Kale State salad. I, I'm, I'm kind of partial to the Angry Bird salad. But I'll tell you, I don't know that I've ever finished a salad there. So it, sometimes, you know, you go places and you have you order a salad, and it, and it really just kind of feels like an appetizer. Not at Bulldog Burger Company. You can get a great restaurant-quality salad and uh, – the quality is good, but the quantity of that meal is very good. So, again, when you're in town, we encourage you to go by. It is the uh, restaurant closest to campus with, within the Cotton District. And the Cotton District has grown so much. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be in Starkville. It's a great time to be a Starkville, and that's for sure. Uh, so when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company, go by. The place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. Men's basketball wins a huge game on Saturday. We had a very, very busy day. Had junior day in the morning, baseball in the afternoon, basketball in the evening, and and we hit a home run with all three. It was we were three for three on Saturday. Uh, Paul Johns and I covered junior day, and then we had the crew covering baseball and then men's basketball. And I'll tell you, that's one we absolutely had to have, and uh, kind of avenged that loss. And I will still say it; other people disagree, but we we should have won that game in Columbia. I think we're the better team. We're the better team. We were still figuring some things out back then. But, uh, I, well, you know, Hassani Gravit has killed us from South Carolina. He was a non-factor on uh, on Saturday. But I, I will give South Carolina a lot of credit. I watched them play against Ole Miss late last week, and uh, they defended down the stretch at such a high level. I was a little bit concerned about them coming in, especially with State's limited rotation personnel-wise. But they, they come out and really punch State in the mouth, and it just seemed like we could not get an open look at the basket. I mean, we give the ball to Q, where they find a way to kind of kind of usher him down to the to the baseline and kind of force him to throw up a shot, and uh, we're not going to allow him to drive the lane. It just seemed to take forever for us to get going. But then we do get going. We kind of figure some things out, but it was one of those deals, too, where defense kind of turns into offense. State's able to get some hands, some passing lanes, get some outlet passes, kind of convert some things, and then and then there's that guy again, Tyson Carter. I don't know that he gets enough credit. He is a high-energy guy that doesn't fill up the box score, but he's always you always catch him doing something right. Not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, not the fastest guy, but among the most competitive guys, I'll tell you that. Really, really impressed with, with what he brings. Uh, just always constantly bringing energy. That was a huge ball game to, to beat South Carolina. State makes State two games over 500, eight six in the uh, Southeastern Conference at the 20 win mark. That's a big part of things too. That's really a big part of this thing when you start looking at what the schedule holds. You know, going ahead uh, to already be at 20 wins and already you know, be right there 
two games over 500 with just four to play, you've got a real opportunity to improve your seeding. And I see where uh, the bracketology experts had state now as a six rather than a seven. And so uh, I think we can make a run here. I don't know that we rise all the way up to a five. Man, wouldn't that be great? But uh, it's one of those deals, too, when you look at this team, they're beginning to kind of figure some things out. And uh, South Carolina, let's, let's, let's all give them some credit. They came in here and played hard, and they started you know, dropping some haymakers. But State didn't fold. And that's one of the things that I think maybe is a credit to Ben Howland and his staff and, and the seniors on this team is they never really panicked in that ball game. Despite the fact of being down, what, 17-4 at one time, they found a way to kind of battle back. And I thought Reggie Perry was big. I thought he gave big minutes again. But this team is really beginning to grow up. And uh, just kind of looking back over the, the, the box score here, you know, State's still a game behind South Carolina in the SEC standings. They're 9-5. We're 8-6. and six. Uh, Reggie Perry, 21 points to lead all scorers. And uh, incredibly, 7-7 seven of seven from the free throw line. And uh, that, that's kind of been a little bit of an Achilles heel for him at times, his free throw shooting. An outstanding effort. Pulls down six rebounds. Uh, had an assist to block, steal. Four turnovers, that's something they'll have to work on. But I thought Abdullah Du was uh, a great rim protector, and Frank Martin talked about that in the postgame. Frank mentioned that he had six blocks. And there were there were six official blocks, but there were probably twice as many as shots that were altered because of his length, and he would get in there. And I really think, you know, Abdul's never going to be a volume scorer for Mississippi State. But he's a guy that can get out there and rebound. He's not the most sure-handed guy. It's sometimes you, you know, he doesn't always handle that inlet pass to the post well. And he has to go down and corral it, where a lot of times he could just grab it and go right up and and, and heave it home. But uh, I thought his energy was really good. And, again, 3 of 3 from the free throw line. Stayed 18 of 20 as a team from the free throw line against South Carolina. And, really, that, that was kind of an undervalued statistic in the ballgame. Everybody talks so much about the blocks, talk about defensive effort and, and shooting percentage and that sort of stuff. But State won this game from the free throw line. South Carolina... 8 of 16 from the line, had a little, you know, little more difficulty getting to the line. But some of that's too, it's because they were settling for some outside shots. But State simply found a way to reverse the trend here. Uh, Lamar Peters, I thought Lamar had a good ball game, uh, especially late. And that's where I think Lamar is beginning to kind of mature as a player, is late in ball games when you know, the possessions are, are limited. He's finding a way to make plays rather than turnovers. Nine assists. Uh, on the night, three steals, 11 points, five of seven from the line, pulls down three rebounds. Did, did a good job. He admitted in the postgame he was tired, and uh, he, he should have been. He played at a high level, um, 34 minutes for him, 36 for Q. Q, six of 11 from the line, I mean, from the field, and three of three from the free throw line. Pulled down a couple rebounds, 17 total points, and uh, we, we're getting the best basketball of Quindaric Weatherspoon's career right now. He was really good in the postseason last year in the NIT. But I believe what he has done over the course of the last six ball games, uh, if you ever if you ever wanted to have like a highlight reel of what Q Weatherspoon is to Mississippi State, you just take this last six ball games and, and it'd be a great snapshot for you. Seven man rotation. You'd like to run eight. Keyshawn Fazell was very sick over the weekend, was inactive. Uh, still no Resolution to Nick Lefferpoon's situation. I'm told there will not be comment or any details provided until there is a resolution. Still some hurdles left to clear. That's what I'm told. So we'll see what happens. But uh, one of the things that, I'll, that I'll, I'll remind you guys, too, that Mississippi State is a little different than a lot of other programs. 
what I mean by that, and this is where I give Mike Nemeth a lot of credit for this. Mike and I have talked about this many times. When Mike was, you know, SID for football and over media relations at Mississippi State, you know, Mike, we, we've talked about some other schools that just can't seem to get out of their own way about, you know, making public statements. And he says, you know, the way that Mississippi State always did it and the way they continue to do it is they make one statement. They don't come back and clarify a statement. They don't come back and add to the statement. They make one statement. We are aware of this. We're acknowledging that this is, this event has taken place. We're investigating. We will have no further statement until there is resolution. And then there will not be a statement until there is resolution. That's the way Mississippi State has done things. And really, that's the way that it should be done. When you get out here and you start responding to people and you start responding to the ebb and flow of uh, your media reports and things like that, people think you're hiding something, and more times than not, you, you are. But when there are situations that involve a student-athlete's privacy, um, those matters are going to be you know, held with, you know, with a little more integrity. There's going to be you know, a lot more discretion used in matters of that situation. And so anytime there's a player that is suspended, no matter the reason for it, uh, they're going to be very careful, as, as well you should be. It's one of the things when a coach messes up. It's not a thing when it's a student. And so there are a lot of rumors out there floating around, but the bottom line is there is no update, and uh, I don't know that we get an update this week. It's just one of those things that has to run its course, and so we'll we'll see what happens. And as soon as we have information, we'll share it with you on jeanspage.com. We'll be out there. I'm sure it'll be, uh, and it's not for an effort for lack of effort on our part. We we have talked to a lot of people. Dave Murray and I have have all spoken to several people and tried to get some information, and uh, pretty much have gotten the same stonewall. You know, that say, hey, you know, listen, we, we, we just simply can't comment. We simply can't comment on or off the record. Uh, and so that's the reality of things. And people message me on social media. And, and, and here's the deal. And I want to make sure that I'm not trying to be rude to anybody. But understand, if I'm not going to share it on the show, if I'm not going to share it on the website, I'm not going to share it with you in a private message. It's just that simple. And then people are like, oh, well, you can trust me. I'll keep it in confidence. You know, guys, no. I, you know, that's just not how this works. You know, I'm in the information business, and if I had information to share, if I believed that I had something that I could confirm, I would report it. I wouldn't go share it in a private message. That's what I would do. And so while I appreciate everybody's interest in the deal, the bottom line is we, we don't have anything new to report. Mississippi State will be back in action Tuesday night as they host Missouri. That's a, that's a big ball game for State because you got to hold serve now. You got to absolutely hold serve. Twenty and seven in the league. Twenty and seven overall. Eight and six in the league. One more win. Ben Howen says he believes that nine and nine gets you in a tournament. He believes that's uh, that's the magic number. Mississippi State four regular season games left. You host Missouri and then you're at Auburn on Saturday. I know most of the media will be down there uh, on covering that ball game against Auburn, and some of us will be at uh, at baseball. But uh, we'll have you covered. So, again, Missouri at home, and then we're at Auburn and at Tennessee, and then back in the hump on March 9th to close out A&M. Uh, A&M starting to play a little bit better, too. And so I don't know that you can assume any of these. You, you look at all these these final four games and you say, okay, you, you got a realistic chance to compete in all four. And uh, you could probably look at this and say, okay, we should we should do no worse than split. But you could win as many as three. If you win three – then all of a sudden, you know, you got 11 wins in the league. Now all of a sudden, you are in that conversation for a possible five seed, maybe even a four seed if you won a couple of games in a tournament. Uh, the net ranking continues to be good. And so fans just need to kind of hang in here with us. We're going to see Mississippi State's name 
uh, as part of uh, Selection Sunday. And uh, that's what we'd hoped for to begin the year. And there were times earlier in the year that uh, we were thinking, you know what, maybe we're in an NIT team. Maybe that's who we are. Maybe uh, maybe it's not going to happen. And uh, and I will admit to you, there were times this year that I, I, I felt like that our style of play just did not match uh, the expectation. I don't know that our effort level was there. But something changed. And uh, with Robert Woodard and uh, Richie Perry getting more minutes, this team has responded. And they've needed to play, because, especially with uh, you know, a shortened uh, bench. But these young guys are being, uh, are being a catalyst to our success. And uh, when you see Reggie Perry go out there and put up 21 points and uh, do a good job defensively, you, you, kinda, you understand why he's playing. That's one of the things every freshman thinks. And I had a chance recently to talk to Mario Austin for a, a chapter in the new book. And that's one of the things that he talked about is he goes, you know, everybody thinks when you come in as a freshman that you're going to go dominate the game. You're just going to be just like it was in high school, except you just got to be a little bit bigger and stronger. And uh, he said it was it's it's a real different process coming in as a freshman because you know you can get by in high school by being just out athleting everybody. You you got to be more disciplined uh, in college, and uh, that's what makes what Reggie Perry's doing that much more remarkable is that uh, he's doing this in a very competitive league where you can't take a night off anymore. It's a, it's a much better league, the Southeastern Conference. So Mississippi State women, they uh, take one more step, and a bit of a clumsy step, if I must say, this weekend. Uh, just really wasn't engaged. And uh, Robbie Falk covered the game for us. You can read that over on jeanspage.com. Robbie and I spoke. You know, we were watching the game kind of in between pitches at Duty Noble. But uh, Robbie says it was just – the team was just simply unenthused. It was, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of been characteristic of them. It's like, you know, even when you go and play Ole Miss, it's like when they know that they, they can flip the switch, they don't go in there with that same fire. You saw at A&M how good State can play. You saw against Tennessee how good State can play. You, you, you didn't see that this past week. You did, State did not play well. Even though State won 80-66 and 86-70 and really never really – were threatened in this game. State did not play well. Now, I think it'll be a different deal this week. <laughs> There's an SEC title on the line this week. State holds a one-game lead over South Carolina with two games to play. Should State win on Thursday against LSU, LSU comes in. That'll be senior night, for those of you that are wondering. With a win on Thursday, Mississippi State clinches at least a share of the SEC championship, at least a share the second consecutive year to be SEC champions. You clinch a share on Thursday, and then you can win it outright on Sunday on the road at Columbia, South Carolina. And, and some of you fans out there that maybe you're in, you live in the Carolinas, maybe you're in that neck of the woods, maybe you can't get down here and watch the ladies play very often, we're going to encourage you to buy tickets and go be a part of that crowd and help cheer those ladies on because uh, that, that'll be a great celebration. Now, I'm sure they'll do all the festivities here should we get a win on Thursday. But here's the deal. And as great as it will be to hang on their SEC banner, I think I speak for all of us when I say we want to win this thing outright. We don't want to share this with anybody, least of all South Carolina. And so it would be a really nice accomplishment to clinch a share Thursday and then to go run the thing out on Sunday and be able to celebrate on their their home floor. 
because they celebrated some on ours, and they've had some big moments to celebrate. South Carolina's a great program. Got seven losses this year, but the, the matchups are favorable uh, for them in the tournament. I think because of their size and their, their length on the inside, that they're going to be a tough out for somebody. Now, people are talking about them possibly being a host seed. Uh, they drop a couple ball games late here. I think they drop out of that deal. But um, but Mississippi State's got a chance for, to make history this week. And so hopefully you will be there Thursday night. It's a big night. It's the last night that Big T is going to play a regular season game. Jazz Holmes, regular season game. And we'll be back. We'll host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. But this is still senior night. And you don't get to do all that stuff. It won't be her final game at Humphrey Coliseum, but it will be senior night. And so need a capacity crowd here. Listen, for those of you that have kids, and listen, and that's one of the things, the women's team is very kid-friendly. I know a lot of our young ladies and our young men, they love coming to watch ladies play because these, these players are so accessible. They're so down to earth. And that's not to be critical of anybody else. It's just one of those things about Vic's program that people are emotionally invested. People have bought into this program. And so it's going to be okay if the kids uh, sleep on the way home. Go ahead and bring them to the ball game Thursday night. Go Just go ahead and do it. Be be the cool parent. Bring them to the ball game. You know, if they're dragging a little bit on Friday, it'll be okay. It's Friday. It'll be fine. Come to the ball game. Tierra, Jazz, they deserve it. These seniors, all of them, they, they deserve it. Jordan Danbury, they, they deserve your attendance. So I know there will be the temptation to stay home and watch the game on TV. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and encourage you not to do that. If you're within driving distance, we want you to be here. Once you come be here for that. Baseball's on the road this weekend, right? So it's not going to hurt you to get in the car and come on up. Then we'll see what happens on Sunday. Could be a big, big week for Mississippi State. Looking at the, the uh, SEC standings here, too, for women. 13-1, 25-2 That's your Bulldogs. Won three in a row since dropping the ball again to Missouri. Uh, Missouri's kind of falling on hard times, losing two in a row now. They're now eight and six. But uh, everybody in the field has been eliminated from SEC championship contention other than Mississippi State and South Carolina, pretty much as we expected it to be. I think most of us felt like that Mississippi State, South Carolina, Texas A&M, right there together. Kentucky is, has really been good. They've won six in a row. Kentucky is going to be a difficult team with that SEC tournament. That's going to be a tough draw for whoever gets them. And so uh, gonna, it's it's not a great league this year. And uh, I think the uh, of the Power Five conferences, the uh, SEC's RPI is the lowest uh, of the five. But we want to win it anyway. We want to win it because I don't think we're a good matchup for anybody. I don't think anybody can look at us and say, you know what, hey, we want to go play Mississippi State. We think that's that's a team that uh, that we can beat. I don't think anybody feels that way. But we're all scoreboard watching now. And uh, the rankings will be interesting. You know, we, we talk about the rankings, but in the brackets, what matters most. And, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, Oregon, number two Oregon, dropped two games last week. You know, we, we were aware, everybody was aware they lost to Oregon State uh, on Monday. And they turn around on Friday and they lose to UCLA, 74-69. So that's two losses on the week. So we certainly expect them to drop down. That's one of the teams that has defeated Mississippi State. Uh, but that, that that's significant because we'll, that could shake some things up uh, with the bracket. You know, I, th- I really believe if State wins out, the State has a real chance to move into a one seed because I think there is some traffic ahead. There's always some upset in the, the conference tournament. There's always an upset. I don't think State's 
in any situation to be any worse than a two seed, but I think you could play your way into a one seed uh, by winning out and then winning the SEC tournament championship. And, and listen, I know a lot of teams out there think, well, you know, the, it's a chance for us to kind of rest up. I don't think Big Schaefer sees a conference tournament that way. And so State was ranked uh, number six last week. We expect there to be some movement, obviously, in the top five. I don't know if Oregon drops all the way past Mississippi State since they beat Mississippi State head-to-head. They do have one more loss to Mississippi State. They're 24-3 and now overall, 25-3, and pardon me, because they did win yesterday. Uh, but uh, that'll be interesting. So there will be some variance in the polls, and there'll be some movement. Uh, but that's something to kind of think about as you kind of move forward this week and, and uh, expect some good things. State wins both games in men's and women's you know, take a step forward, obviously. And now it's about that postseason resume. That's kind of where we are now. Uh, but, again, big week ahead in uh, in basketball on both sides of the ledger, men and the women. I would probably be remiss if I did not mention a little bit about kind of what happened in Oxford over the weekend. And uh, I will share with you, it, it, one of the things, anytime this kind of stuff happens, it kind of brings out the worst in people. And uh, what I mean by that is, is that, you know, people want to make it out to be, you know, it's an Ole Miss problem or, you know, then, then the Ole Miss people. And I read that, you know, some people were blaming Mississippi State because one of the organizers had a Mississippi State hat on whatever. Listen, this is not a Mississippi State or Ole Miss thing. And uh, this is a right and wrong thing. And, uh, listen, I, I'm a guy that believes in your constitutional freedoms. Uh, I'm, I'm a live and let live person. You know, I believe, you, you know, you do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt other people. That, that's always kind of been my, my mentality, and I hadn't always lived up to that. I'll admit that. But I believe, you know, that if you have respect for everybody, then you get respect in return. And any time something like this, and, and there has been many of these over the years, where they, these these people that uh, have been involved with these uh, organizations that, um, you know, for some reason they're they're very, very, Militant when it comes to you know, Confederate imagery and that sort of stuff. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. Okay, I'm not going to tell you that's right or wrong. But any time that we have these ugly incidences at Ole Miss, it looks bad on the entire state of Mississippi. And one of the things that we all talk about, kind of jokingly sometimes, is that the national media can't tell the difference between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And so whenever that happens, there are a lot of people out there that they think it's happening to us too. It's bad for our state. It's not just bad for our institutions. It is a bad look for all of us when this happens, when there is negative publicity about Mississippi State with racial connotations. It is bad for everybody. You think some, um, you know, there's 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 some blue-collar families out there that are working, you know, that uh, we're going to go recruit their kids someday. And Ole Miss is going to go recruit their kids someday. And Southern Miss is going to go recruit their kids someday. And there are some people that are going to say, you know what? I remember there was something about the, the, the Klan in Mississippi in 2019. I don't know that I want my kid to go live and play in Mississippi. I don't know if I can uh, be concerned for their safety or not. I don't know if I can trust the fact they're going to be okay. And so when these things happen, I know there are some people that love to pounce and make it an old Miss thing. And listen, to be fair and to be accurate, Ole Miss has brought a lot of this on themselves. Not saying they've invited this, but that you know, if you look at the history of Ole Miss, and and I, and I mean about the imagery, that's one of the things that uh, there you're going to have people that value that imagery. They're going to gravitate to your school, 
and then when you begin to, to, to what you believe to take corrective action, those people are going to react negatively. And so some of that you kind of bring on yourself because you ro- romanticize all of that. And then when people embrace that part of your culture, uh, you kind of have to take the good with the bad. I've also seen people be very critical of the Ole Miss men's basketball team. And listen, I, I'm not a person. I always stand for the national anthem. And a lot of times it always reminds me of playing days, and I can barely stand still because it always means we're getting ready to go. Uh, but So I'm, I'm not a guy that would ever kneel or, or, dis, or disrespect the, uh, the anthem. I also respect other people's right to do so. And I, I think a lot of our fans and a lot of people in general are being – maybe a little bit too harsh in their criticism of those Ole Miss players that knelt during the National Anthem. I would not have done that. But that said, what did you expect those guys to do? They were Their campus was being overrun. They were, they were facing a situation many of them had never faced before. And if this is the worst that they do, I think, they're, I think that's a commendable action. You know, what else did you expect them to do? Okay, and people say, well, Steve, I expect them to stand for the anthem. And you know what? I get it. But this was their way of saying, you know what? What's going on outside our building right now? We do not support that. We don't do that. Now, they couldn't go grab the microphone and say that. You know, maybe Ross Bjork could have. But I don't fault those young men for taking a stand. And while I'm, I may not agree with newing for the anthem, I don't fault them for saying, you know what? We don't approve of this. This is not who we are. We don't want to be affiliated with this. And that's, I understand, while I don't agree with the action, I can certainly appreciate the sentiment. And uh, I don't think any college kid, I don't think anybody should have to put up with this kind of stuff. But I can only begin to imagine being 19, 20 years old and uh, the place where I choose to go, to go to college and then there's all of this going on. And you're just so confused. You're just so unbelievably confused. You're concerned. There's all this talk about people showing up with weapons. You don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know. And so when I look at what those players did, well, I don't agree with them kneeling. I I can fully appreciate the fact that this is their way, their nonviolent, silent way of saying, we don't approve of this. And and, and for that, you know, I have the the utmost respect for every bit of that. And uh, listen, I know people... We, we play the egg ball every day in this rivalry. There's some people, we, we live to make fun of them. They live to make fun of us. Uh, and that, that's part of the deal. I, I really think we should be above all of that when there is a situation this sensitive. I, just, I, I think this goes so far beyond the rivalry because it makes all of us in Mississippi look so unbelievably backwards. And, again, listen, what you do at your house and what you believe in is your business. You know, and I'll, I'll never tell you that you're wrong in what you believe, um, you know, because I, I, you know, I don't want anybody to tell me, well, you know, Steve, uh, you're wrong about this and, and, and how you feel, especially when it's uh, something that I'm very passionate about. And so I get it, and I think there are things people should be passionate about, but not at the expense of other people. And uh, I think all of this is a very, very ugly incident, and uh, I just don't think that there, we should take any glee or satisfaction at Mississippi State, folks, because it happened there. Uh, Because there's nothing anywhere that says they couldn't do it here or at Southern Miss or at Delta State or at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College or wherever, Bellhaven or anything. There's nothing to stop that from happening because those people have a constitutional right and freedom of assembly and that sort of stuff and the right to protest. And so 
while I may not agree with everybody's protest, I respect their right to go do it. And there are a lot of people that take to the streets and to try to get attention for a cause that they believe passionately about. And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't name hardly any of them because it's just not on my radar. But when things like this happen, I think it's important that we acknowledge the fact that we've made a lot of progress as a state, but we've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. And anything that we do or anything that happens that harms the image of our state is a negative for all of us. And I think we need to all acknowledge that and uh, not use this as some uh, you know, rallying point or some talking point to kind of make the other school look bad. Because I, I can tell you, if, we, if, the, if the shoe was on the other foot, the last thing that I would want is somebody to be critical of Mississippi State and to say things about Mississippi State that don't reflect my values or what I believe to be true about Mississippi State. And so if, with that in mind, I just think a situation like this, we should probably just kind of hold quiet uh, rather than be critical uh, you know, of them. And um, I think it is very difficult. You know, and, and, you know I saw Ross Bjork's statement, and uh, I don't know what else you could have said in that situation. I, I think you know, some people are being maybe harshly critical uh, of him. It is a slippery slope for Ole Miss. But um, all that being said, I think we just move forward here and uh, just get ready to go play some baseball games. And that's where our focus should be. Our focus as Mississippi State folks should be on this great baseball team we have, the fact that we're going to play postseason basketball and men's women's basketball, be back in an NCAA tournament. We're battling for an SEC title this week. And so rather than focus on the negative things that have happened up the road that they can't really control, I think let's focus on the positive things that are happening on our very own campus. That, that's that's where I, I believe our focus should be. And I, and I usually don't get involved in controversial topics as on the show like some people would like for me to. Uh, but, uh, but, again, there's so many great things going on at Mississippi State, I don't think we have to involve ourselves or take leave from the fact that there are negative things happening uh, at the rival school, especially things of this nature. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Wednesday, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll get you a couple shows. You know, you never know when I get out there to Frisco this weekend. You know, I, I'll have some time to myself. And uh, we may even get a bonus boneyard. May give you some information from right out there uh, in Frisco. Kind of update you on what's happening down there. Can't wait to get there. What a great venue, great ballpark, and a great baseball team. So uh, if you can uh, make it out there, we hope to see you. Until next time, it's all of our lives. And a way we'll make more friends than enemies. And people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.